Kids often use negative reinforcement on us, the adults, without us realising, by the way. If a child shouts out in class and we immediately turn to them and give our attention, maybe by telling them they need to be polite or not shout out or whatever, and then they stop shouting out, that's them using negative reinforcement on us. They were talking, we gave them attention, they removed the talking. By stopping talking, they've gotten us to engage in their desired behaviour. We've given them our attention. Welcome to the School Behaviour Secrets Podcast. I'm your host, Simon Corrigan. My co-host is Emma Shackleton, and we're obsessed with helping teachers, school leaders, parents, and of course, students when classroom behaviour gets in the way of success. We're going to share the tried and tested secrets to classroom management, behavioural special needs, whole school strategy, and more, all with the aim of helping your students reach their true potential. Plus, we'll be letting you eavesdrop on our conversations with thought leaders from a around the world so you'll get to hear the latest evidence-based strategies before anyone else. This is the School Behaviour Secrets podcast. Hi there, welcome to School Behaviour Secrets. My name's Simon Corrigan and my greatest regret in life is that I didn't get to see how the long-running 80s TV cartoon show The Lost Cities of Gold actually ended. My bet is they found them. I'm joined today by my co-host Emma Shackleton. Hi Emma. Hi Simon. Go on then, what question have you got for me today? Well, this week I've got a riddle for you. What do the following all have in common? You ready? Yeah, go on. Mincemeat, jellyfish, white chocolate and koala bears. Oh, that's easy. Mincemeat, jellyfish, white chocolate and koala bears. (laughs) Nah, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I've got no (laughs) idea what the connection is. Go on then, enlighten me. All right then, here's the connection. They all have names that tell a lie about what they are. So mincemeat, that's the filling in mince pies, doesn't actually have meat in it. Although I believe originally it did used to, in the medieval times, I think it did have meat in it, but it doesn't have meat in it now. Jellyfish aren't fish and they aren't made out of jelly, obviously, so it's a double lie. White chocolate isn't actually chocolate and koala bears aren't bears. And don't get me started on spotted dick or urinal cakes. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Rewind. What do you mean white chocolate isn't chocolate? It doesn't count as chocolate. <gasps> what? Am I rocking your world? Yeah, you absolutely are. You learn something every day. So it's a profound show today, right? As ever. But there is a link to what we're going to talk about today because we're going to talk about negative reinforcement because most people get negative reinforcement wrong. It isn't what they actually think it is. So we're going to explain the truth behind negative reinforcement and why If you think negative reinforcement is just a posh term for a punishment, why you've been told a lie all these years. Okay, but before we get onto this life-changing information, I'd like to ask our listeners if you'd be willing to do me a small favour, and that's to open your podcast app and click the share button and let someone you know know about the School Behaviour Secrets podcast. That way, your friends and colleagues will also be able to benefit from the thoughtful, interesting and sometimes, let's face it, bizarre content that we share. Thank you so much for helping to spread the word. That means it's time to slip through the crowd and warm up our fingers 
as we prepare to grift the unsuspecting Mark we call behaviour. Grift the unsuspecting Mark? (laughs) Have you you been reading too much Oliver Twist? Uh, That kind of language is yet more evidence that this podcast is unfailingly relevant. Okay, let's crack on then. So this is an interesting topic, actually, because lots of people get the language around reinforcement wrong. And it's actually helpful to be precise about language so we know exactly what strategy we're using to support children if we're going to get it right. Yeah, absolutely. So let's start with a term I'm sure everyone knows, uses and understands, and that's positive reinforcement. Okay, so reinforcement means that we're trying to increase a desired behaviour. And we can use positive reinforcement with individuals or whole classes. Okay, so for the purpose of this episode, we're going to follow three examples. Handing in homework on time, reading words on flashcards more accurately, and then a child keeping their bedroom tidy to give an example from home. So remember, reinforcement is about increasing how often we see a behaviour. So when we think about positive reinforcement, here the word positive means we are adding something that wasn't there before. We're adding something to the pot. The extra thing is an incentive that reinforces that desired behaviour and makes it occur more often. So to take the example of handing in homework for a child who doesn't hand their homework in very often, we might put in place, say, a reward chart. And every time the child hands in their homework, they get a sticker to place on the chart. And over time, those stickers build to a prize. We've kind of sweetened the pot for doing the homework, you know, to encourage it to happen. To take the example of reading sets of keywords on a flashcard, it might be that every time the child gets an answer correct, then we follow up with immediate verbal praise and encouragement for them. So that's positive reinforcement because our verbal praise is adding something that wasn't there previously to increase that behavior in the future. And in terms of tidying, it might be, you know, we say to our son or daughter, you know, if you keep your room tidy, then you're going to get some extra privileges at home. You might get some additional time on your PlayStation, some extra pocket money, that kind of incentive. Okay, so that's really clear then. So we've got to keep in mind that reinforcement means increasing a behaviour. So the purpose of the positive feedback is to add something in that makes that behaviour more likely to occur again in the future. Okay, that's easy peasy. So obviously then, negative reinforcement is a consequence that reduces a given behaviour, right? Well, no. (laughs) Something that reduces an undesirable or negative behaviour in technical terms is actually a punishment. So we're using the technical terms here. And when I say the word punishment, I am aware that has a kind of a punitive meaning in sort of the way people use it in general life. But in terms of psychology and behavior, a punishment is technically anything that reduces a given behavior. So it doesn't need to be something kind of like overly harsh or anything like that. It's anything that reduces a behavior that you don't want to see. Okay, so now we're going to need to adapt our examples slightly because the last examples were about increasing positive behaviors. And now we're thinking about reducing negative ones. So we kind of have to flip the examples we use. So let's start with handing in homework on time. What's the opposite of handing in your homework on time? Well, the flip side to this is reducing how often a student hands in their homework late. So a punishment might be 
stopping in at lunchtime or after school for a detention to complete your homework if you fail to hand it in on time. And the aim would be to reduce how often the child engages in the negative behaviour, which is handing in the homework late. And the reverse of keeping your room tidy is having an untidy room. So if the adult goes into their child's room and sees that it's untidy, a punishment might be a loss of privileges. So they might lose PlayStation or have reduced pocket money or lose access to the internet or social media. You know, God forbid. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? They hang on a minute. <laughs> what about the alternative to increasing how well a student reads flashcards? Well, the focus would be on reducing how often they make mistakes. So a punishment here might be losing points on a chart when they make a mistake or the adult frowning or tutting when they get a word wrong. Even seeing the adult write crosses on assessment list rather than giving them ticks. Now, I'm not suggesting you do any of those things to encourage your child to read more accurately. What I'm doing is I'm giving you an example of how a punishment would be used to reduce how often a child made errors. I'm not suggesting that's a great pedagogical way forward. <laughs> Interestingly, though, the government tends to specialise in punishment to change our behaviour. They will often try to reduce speeding, for example, by punishing people with fines and points on their licence. They try to reduce burglary with prison. So they do tend to favour that model, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. So punishment is about reducing a negative or undesired behaviour. And the thing is, when most people use the words negative reinforcement, as in we'll use a consequence to negatively reinforce aggression in school, what they're actually referring to, what they actually mean is they're using a punishment. But where does that leave negative reinforcement then if it's different to a punishment? Okay, so let's go back to what reinforcement means. Reinforcement means increasing how often we see a desired behaviour. And if you think back, the positive in positive reinforcement meant adding something to the mix to encourage that behaviour, which means... Negative reinforcement means removing something that increases a desired behavior. Now, I'm going to say that again, so you have a minute to absorb it and let it sink in because it's really counterintuitive. Negative reinforcement means taking something away that increases a desired behavior. Crikey, I'm getting a headache now. (laughs) (laughs) So let's relate this back to our examples to try and make it make sense. So the tidying the room example, let's imagine that I, as a parent, am constantly complaining to my son to keep his room tidy. After a while, he gets tired of the constant reminders and badgering. And so he goes upstairs and tidies his room. When he engages in the desirable action, in this case, tidying his room, I respond by immediately stopping moaning. Ah, So that's the negative reinforcement. I've removed something that was there before, the moaning, and the removal of the moaning has reinforced the tidying behaviour. If I start moaning at him next week to tidy his room again, he knows that when he takes action, the moaning will go away, encouraging more tidying. Is this like a real insight into what's happening into your house? Do you know what? My son is quite tidy, actually. I don't need to do much moaning. (laughs) I think I'm very lucky. So another example then, this, this makes sense, doesn't it? Another example would be of an alarm clock. So if you're in bed and your alarm clock sounds 
you roll over and hit the off button to make the annoying sound go away. Here, the behavior being negatively reinforced is hitting the off button. Hitting the button removes the noise of the alarm. So here's a really interesting example from some research that was done in education. The researchers took a group of young children and gave them a set of flashcards, each with keywords on, to help them learn to read the words by sight so they could do it more quickly. So they got a set of, say, 10 cards, and each card would have a different word written on it. They'd work one-to-one with the child, and they'd hold each card up in turn and see if the child could read the word aloud correctly. And if they got it right, the card was removed completely from the set because they didn't need to practice it again. And if the child read out the word incorrectly, it was put on a pile to the side. And when the child had worked their way through all of the cards, the researcher would then take any misread cards for a few minutes and they would practice them with the child before starting the process again, this time with the child only practicing the cards they got wrong. This is something we see in classrooms. I'm sure you're familiar with this technique. You'll see it in classrooms across the land. And this practice goes around and around and around until the child could correctly read all of the cards. So here's the interesting bit. The researchers were interested in, was it the extra practice with the difficult words that was helping the child read the cards? Or was it they were just becoming more and more bored with the activity and were desperate for it to end. And that motivated them to try harder and pay more attention so they could make the activity go away. And the researchers did something really clever to work out what was the cause of the children being able to read the words successfully. When a child got a series of words wrong, instead of practicing the misread words, they practiced reading a set of completely unrelated words And then they asked the child to go back to the original set of misread words. So the practice was being done on words they weren't actually being tested on. And what they found really interestingly was in most cases, it didn't make any difference whether the child was practicing the words that they misread or practice reading a completely different set of words. They finished the activity in the same amount of time. So what you're saying here then is that it wasn't the additional practice that reinforced helping the child to read the words, which is the obvious conclusion. It was actually the fact that the child wanted the activity to end so they were more motivated to get the answers right. Is that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. They just wanted it to stop. Ah, so that's a great example of negative reinforcement. The children improved their sight reading vocabulary by removing an activity that they found boring. It increased a desired behavior by removing something, the boring practicing. I get it. Another example of negative reinforcement might be, for example, a child is given a plate of food and on that plate there are lots of vegetables. The child doesn't want to eat the vegetables, so they fold their arms, huff and puff, maybe they cry and refuse to eat them. So the adult might be inclined to take the vegetables away. If you think about it, this is negative reinforcement for the child. Removing the vegetables has encouraged the child to engage in future refusals. We all do things that work. And it's also actually negative reinforcement for the adult, because when the child stopped crying, it encouraged the adult to continue removing vegetables in the future. So what would negative reinforcement for handing in your homework be? And sometimes these examples for negative reinforcement aren't really that practical because we don't actually see that much negative reinforcement going on in school. But if we wanted to go down that approach, well, we want to increase how often 
the homework is handed in and will need to remove something that encourages the child to do their homework in future. So that might mean that when the child does their homework, they're given a pass from an activity they don't like, or the teacher complains at them continuously. And when they hand in their homework, the teacher stops complaining about them giving in their homework or giving them sermons on the importance of homework. Kids often use negative reinforcement on us, the adults, without us realising, by the way. If a child shouts out in class and we immediately turn to them and give our attention, maybe by saying their name or looking at them or telling them they need to be polite or not shout out or whatever, and then they stop shouting out, at least for a while, That's them using negative reinforcement on us. They were talking. We gave them attention. They removed the talking. By stopping talking, they've gotten us to engage in their desired behaviour. We've given them our attention. So that negative reinforcement program. So that negative reinforcement programs us to give them more attention in the future whenever they next shout out. To use the technical terms correctly, when we reinforce something, we are increasing how often we see the behaviour. So you can do that positively by adding something that wasn't there before, like praise or a certificate or a nice activity or some other reward. Or you can do that negatively by removing something unpleasant that was already there. Think of a child doing their homework to stop their parents and teachers moaning at them. And a punishment then, to use the term in its technical sense, means to reduce an undesired behaviour. Which means when most people talk about negative reinforcement, they actually technically mean a punishment. And just to complicate things even further... You can actually have a positive and negative punishment as well. That's completely mind-melting and a whole other episode. (laughs) Let's not go into that now. That is all we've got time for today on positive and negative reinforcement. Yeah, negative reinforcement is actually a tricky one, particularly in school, because it's not often that removing something actually encourages a behaviour in an academic setting. The key here is to think about whether you're encouraging a behaviour or discouraging one. And having that clarity will help you achieve the result that you are looking for for your students. And of course, knowing how to use reward systems effectively is just one part of classroom management, which is about how you manage the behaviour of the whole class. If you want to see how they fit in alongside your routines, your environment and other factors, we've got a completely free download that you'll find really useful. It's called the Classroom Management Scoresheet. In fact, the score sheet gives you 37 factors that have an impact on classroom behaviour. If you want to know what they are, grab your free copy now by going to beaconschoolsupport.co.uk, clicking on the free resources option in the menu, and you'll find it at the top of the page. It's completely free. Go get yours today. We'll also drop a link in the episode description. And if you found this week's episode thought-provoking, why not subscribe? All you have to do is open up your podcast app, tap the subscribe button or follow as it's called in Apple Podcasts, and your podcast app will automatically download and save each episode as it's released so you never miss a thing. Subscribing will definitely make you feel like the sizzle has been put right back into your sausage. I'm not sure that's actually encouraging people to subscribe. (laughs) 
I'm off now to have some white chocolate that is not actually chocolate. (laughs) Either way, listeners, we hope you have a great week and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of School Behaviour Secrets. Bye. Bye. Bye.